You may be seated for our scripture reading. Our focus for today is found in 1 John chapter 3. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as He is pure. Everyone who breaks the law, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Thank you, John. Good morning, everybody. Today we're talking about our identity. Who am I? Who are you? Repeat after me. I am a child of God. And we don't want to forget that. Amen? Amen. I love stories about children and uh, I got a, phone, uh, a text from a pastor friend up in northern Wisconsin, just uh, east of the Twin Cities, and a story came out of the Twin Cities one time. You know, it used to be that fathers uh, did not get to be in the delivery room, okay? So they had a separate waiting room, and then a nurse would come and tell the father uh, what kind of baby they had. And there was a group of men who were waiting in the waiting room, and a nurse came and identified one of the fathers and said, congratulations, you're the father of twins. And he said, oh, that's really coincidental because I'm a professional baseball player. I play for the Minnesota Twins, okay? All right, well, then uh, half hour later or so, the nurse comes down again and identifies the dad and says, you won't believe this, congratulations, this is amazing you are the father of triplets. And he says, I can't believe that. I work for 3M, okay? And all of a sudden, the guy in the corner faints. He slides down in the floor. And they, you know, they give him some air, they revive him, and he comes to, and, and he says, are you okay, buddy? He says, yeah. He says, but I work for the 7-Up Corporation. <laughs> We love children, and I hope you know that here at Cornerstone, we love children. And today we're talking about the fact of our identity that we are children of God. You know, when you ask that question, who am I, depending on what, where you are in your life, you answer it different ways. When I was five years old living in rural Illinois, I started first grade. I didn't go to kindergarten, and it was a one-room schoolhouse, and uh, I was a student. Uh, that's how I was identified. I came home from school first week. My mother tells me and said, Mom, 
things are never going to be the same, are they? And that's true once you start school. And then later on, you know, after being a student, you, you get jobs. You know, I was a factory worker. I, I worked, I was a greenskeeper at a golf course. Uh, I got married, so I was identified as a husband. I became a pastor. I'm a grandfather now. You know, depending on where you are in your life, you have a different identification of who you are. But today, I want to challenge that kind of thinking, because no matter what your station is in life, a son or a daughter, father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, worker, student, no matter where God has placed you in your life, your identity is not about what you are doing in your life, it's about who you belong to. It's not about who you are, it's about whose you are. And to help us out, God has given us this wonderful scripture in John's first letter, chapter 3, and it goes like this. It says, behold or see, open your eyes and look at the kind of love the Father has given. And, and many of the translations here have lavished. Look at the, the kind of love the Father has lavished. He has heaped upon us so much that we are now called the children of God, and that's what we are. Say it with me again. I am a child of God. And it's true. It's so true. You know, our, our identity is all about what God does for us. It's not about your station in life. It's not about how much money you have made or are making. It's not about how good your grades are. It's all about what God has done for you to adopt you, to take you the way that you are and to love you and not only make you, but then to remake you as a child of God through Jesus, your Savior. One time there was some kids playing out on the playground, and you know, kids can be rather cruel. And they started picking on this one little girl because they, know, they knew that she was different. In fact, she had been adopted from another country. And they started picking on her, and they said, you don't even know who your parents are. And they said, and you don't, you don't even have any parents. You were adopted. Well, that little girl, you would think, would burst into tears. She started to walk away, but then she turned to them and said, well, you know what? When your mom and dad had you, they had to keep you. They had to love you. It says, my mom and dad, they picked me out of everyone in the whole world, and they chose me, and they adopted me, and they loved me. Friends, that's what God has done for you. He knows everything about you, but He chose you even before the foundations of the world, it says in Scripture, to belong to Him as His child. God wanted you. Yeah. I'm told that the adoption process is rather expensive. Uh, I just read this. Uh, there's a, a survey from Adoptive Families Magazine, surveyed 1,100 families and found that the average cost to adopt a child last year, what would, what would be your guess? How much? About $40,000. That's what it cost, $40,000. It's expensive. But then you think about what did it cost God to adopt you? It cost Him His only Son. God so loved you that He gave His Son Jesus to be your Savior. And in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ, Jesus went to the cross. And there He died for our sins, for your sins. He paid the punishment for that. 
death and damnation. He rose again on the third day. And because he rose, we know that God accepted the payment. That God had paid the price for you and me to be adopted as his children. Like little orphan Annie caught in the clutches of Miss Hannigan. Remember that story? We were caught in the clutches of sin. By nature, it's sin that we're born with. It's sin that we do on a daily basis. It's sin in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. And yet God rescued from the clutches of sin so that we are not an orphan, that we are His children. Paternity tests prove fatherhood. And for the low price of $99 from Colorado Services, Inc., you can order a paternity kit, and you can make sure who your father is. Now, why would someone do that? Usually, it's for financial reasons. Uh, most of the time, uh, uh, a father may, you know, may want to claim a child as his own, and the mother may say, no, it's not yours. Well, let's prove it. Or other times, uh, they're trying to prove responsibility so that a man will take responsibility for being a father that he would provide for that child. But when it comes to matters of paternity, God never ducks his, his paternal responsibilities. He's happy to claim every single one of you, every one of us. He claims us as his own so that we have been rescued from Satan and sin and death and every day is a blessing. And when the time for this earth runs out, we pass through that gate called death, and we're even going to be with our Heavenly Father forever in heaven. The question becomes, how do you identify, then, a child of God? How do you know someone is a child of God? I always find it interesting when children are born, and uh, especially you see them in the hospital, and there's parents, and oftentimes grandparents, and they examine the baby, and they look at it, and they say, oh, look at that nose. That, that's, that's your side of the family, right? <laughs> and how about those ears? They, they look just like mine when I, you know, the grandparent especially. They just look, look just like yours, honey, when you were born. And it's, it's always uh, interesting to see those identifying features. You've got to be careful, though. I, in fact, I had a professor at the seminary that, that said, you have to be very careful in these kinds of situations what you say. One time in the lobby, uh, after a baptism, uh, people were gathered around uh, to look at this little baby, and uh, everyone was ooing and aahing. They wanted to hold the baby. And there was one older lady there, though, who was very honest. She looked at the baby and said, look at that, that, that baby's skin. It's so wrinkly. He, he kind of looks like an old man. She never got to hold the baby. <laughs> well, what do you look like? What's your appearance? What, what, what sets you apart as a child of God? Well, John here in his epistle points out what sets us apart. It's not your fingerprints, it's not your hairstyle, it's not the kind of Bible you read, it's not the Christian denomination that you belong to. Listen to this, it says, no one who abides in him, that's Jesus, no one who's connected to Jesus as his child keeps on sinning. He says, as children of God, we do what is right. We live in righteousness just as Jesus did what is right. And so, in other words, as a child of God, you're reflecting your father. 
you're reflecting the one who adopted you. You're simply living in a way that identifies you as a child of God. Now, what would that look like? And, and You know, you have to go to other places in Scripture to find out more details. But I enjoy looking at Paul's letter to the Galatians. In the fifth chapter, he lists nine qualities of a child of God. That when the Holy Spirit has taken you and has sealed in your heart in your baptism who you are, when the sign of the cross was made upon your forehead and upon your heart, the water was poured onto your head in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit came into your life so that as a byproduct of that, you are a child of God. And this is what is exhibited in your life, love. We love because He first loved us. Joy. There's a joy that nothing in this world and the weather up and down is not going to bring you, but it's joy in Jesus. Peace. The Bible says it's a peace that passes all understanding. Patience. That we are patient with other people and their mistakes. We live by grace and we, we can show that kind of grace with other people. Kindness. We demonstrate kindness because we know how, much, how, how kind God has been for us. Goodness. We are people that, that are looking for the good things, okay? That we emphasize the, the blessings that God has given to us, not always looking for the, the junk of life and what's wrong. Faithfulness. We're faithful to the Lord. And we're also faithful to one another. We're faithful in our marriages. We're faithful in our families. We're faithful in our church. Gentleness. We are gentle as Jesus was with us as his sheep of his flock. And self-control. We don't fly off the handle when everything, when something goes wrong, because we know that finally the Lord's in control, and so we can have self-control. And these are the things, these are the qualities that come forth in our lives because we belong to him. You are a child of God. What a joy and a responsibility to know this one thing for sure, that as a child of God, you are never alone. You are never alone. This, uh, earlier this year, uh, my wife and I lost our last parent. Uh, she lost her dad, who was 96 years old. And you say, well, what, what, so what? Well, if that's ever happened to you, if you've lost all your parents, you know you feel like an orphan. You feel kind of deserted. Even King David felt that way. And if you look at Psalm 27, verse 10, it says, even though my father and mother leave me, he says, the Lord will never forsake me. You are never alone as a child of God. And that makes all the difference in who you are, your identity. Who you are is based on whose you are, that you belong to the Lord. And as a result, even though the world may tell you that you're not successful, or you're not making enough money, or you're not getting the grades, or this or that or something else, because of whose you are, you know that God's going to work everything out for you and for your good, and you can trust Him, and you are never, ever alone. I am, say it with me again, a child of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. Amen? Amen.